This episode of Butcher Breakaway is brought to you by you, the fans. Go to patreon.com slash Butcher Breakaway now where you can support Greg and I, listen to BSBOTs, join our Discord, and a bunch of other fun stuff. Today we have Tom from Straight from the Path on back on the show. He's been on before. We're going to ask him about, you know, starting to tour again, playing music, but we're mostly going to talk about the Rangers and um, a team that consistently pulls it out and seemingly is good. That's been such a it's been such a weird ride. Like, is this team good or not? And uh, the record says yes. So I guess we'll discuss that. Uh, Capococco, three goals in four games, four points in four games. Pretty good. On that note, let's get to Mark Messier right now. Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Welcome to the weekly Blue Shirts Breakaway. I am your host Ryan Mito, Patreon.com slash Blue Shirts Breakaway. You can support Greg and I. You knew that already. I'm here with my co-host Greg Kaplan. Greg, say hello. All right. I think the voice is working, so I, I, yep. I think we're good to go. You sound here. in tune. I think we both had really rough weekends. You, uh, you, I got the booster, and you, uh, you went to mm. the casino. Very similar experiences. I <laughs> yeah, I too got the booster. Oh, uh, you did? Not that kind of booster? Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. Yes. Different, different kind of booster. <laughs> word, word play. I believe. Yes. Is what I was going for. A little bit of a, a little bit of a podcast secret there. Very fun times. Um, let's get right into it, shall we? A lot has happened. Yeah, since... Noah Syndergaard's an angel. Aaron Loop's an angel. Yeah, Is that what we're getting Str- into. Stroman's next for you, I'm sure. Um, uh-huh. That would be um, very Metsian. Get the Angels GM. They all go to the Angels. Very fun. I mean, yeah. No, we'll save we'll save the Met talk for the end. All I'll say is never pay relievers. I had his opinion. I had last year. It's opinion I have this year. I'm with Just you. Find on that. the next Aaron Loop. It's. Guys, think of it like Barclay, Barclay Goodrow. Do you want to play Barclay Goodrow or you want to pay the guy who you think will be Barclay Goodrow? Pay the guy you think will be Barclay Goodrow. I tried Hunt's better than Bar- Barclay Goodrow is right now. Yeah! It, it <laughs> remains super impressive that Chris Drury did the smart GM thing and the dumb GM thing all at the same time. I don't want to start it's, this it's podcast really off remarkable. as negative as I'm likely going to get. As you know, we are okay. a very negative New York Ranger podcast, as everyone as is tradition. But the Rangers, uh, since last week, have had three what I would call impressive games slash questionable games. They played two games where they won uh, in sort of last-second fashion, where Brendan Gallagher uh, sucker-punched Bar- the aforementioned Barkley Goodrow in the face. Then they beat the Buffalo Sabres with .4 seconds left at MSG, where... Uh, Afterwards, a, a nothing burger, but became the drama of the se- uh, of the century, which was when Gallant was yelling at Mika Zibanejad. Let's just get that out of the way now. That's a nothing story, and Gallant wasn't waiting to go to the locker room to get it done. It seems like Mika was just complaining about the refs and not getting a call when he did like a jump deke in the middle of the ice instead of getting, uh, as you know, coaches like to do this. Maybe you've heard, but maybe you've heard about this. Maybe you've read about this. The coaches like to get it deep, and that's not what uh, Mika Zibanejad did. Uh, and seem to be complaining about the ref still. I think uh, Gallant will lie to your face a lot in the media, but I don't think that was a lie. And I'm wondering if you think any different there, Gregory. Was it a raccoon or was it a rat? Yeah, I'm very Metzian. I know. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited for the story to come out in six months that Gallant actually was choking Mika on the ice. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could see it. It's uh, Yeah, no, it, it, was, it was very, in the moment, it was very interesting. I will say that. I don't. I know a lot of us were just too busy. Uh, I was celebrating, ejaculating. I yeah. think is the word we were looking for there. Sure, yeah, let's but go it was graphic. very interesting in the moment that, like, it was it. It was almost like one of those fights. We've all had one of those fights with our friends where 
um, you get the result you wanted from a sporting event, but it was the exact way you weren't expecting or didn't want it. And you're excited and you're like, yeah, they won, but they probably fucking shouldn't have. And then the guy next to you is like, just shut the fuck up and be happy. (laughs) Just be happy. Enjoy this. It sounded like Gallant was doing a whole big, just shut the fuck up and be happy to Mika. Um, which, yeah, I, I think which it's is right, by the way. It, it's right. Yeah, totally fair. Adam, it doesn't matter. Glad's point was it doesn't matter if you're right or wrong. Shut the fuck up. We won. Let's move on. Forget about it. <laughs> this game's over. I'm already thinking about the Islander game. And he's right. I, I've uh, I've grown on Gallant this past week. It's been one of the times where I've, uh, I've had positive emotions towards him. I think uh, he did a lot of right things in the Sabres game. I was surprised he pulled Georgiev. I was surprised he put Hunt on the top line when Goodrow wasn't working. I, I have a lot of feelings about Barkley Goodrow. Almost none of them are positive. I feel almost bad about it because I think his best his best position on this team is on the fourth line. And paying one of your fourth liners a $3.6 million contract for six years, hashtag feels bad, man. So uh, I think Gallant did a lot of the right things. I, were you surprised he pulled Georgie at all? Uh, yes, I actually was. Mostly because I... I was surprised it happened because most NHL coaches, I have the general opinion of that they are not smart enough to understand that while it's only November and there's no such thing as a win now game, I appreciate Gallant understanding that every time he can get two points is an important time to get two points regardless of opponent. And there, this isn't the point in the season and you, in a tie game, you can't let a goalie figure it out on the fly. Like, do I think he would have pulled Georgiev if the Rangers were up six to four, five to three? Like, if the Rangers had a two goal lead, I think Georgiev gets the entire game. But I appreciate Gallant being wise enough, smart enough to understand my goalie doesn't have it tonight. And I'm fortunate for this game to be tied because my offense is stepping up and carrying the weight. So let me reward this offense by saying, I'm taking this shit seriously. We're going to get this win. I can appreciate that. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I'd say I'm surprised, again, because I don't expect many NHL coaches, and many NHL coaches don't give me the impression that they think that way. Most of them, in my opinion, seem very dumb was and very, very basic and very archaic. was very surprised to see Georgiev on the bench uh, at the start of the third there, Igor comes in, faces four shots, maybe the easiest win of his entire career, if not definitely the easiest win of his entire career. Uh, Adam Fox continues to be, I don't really have, uh, I don't have enough words in my vocabulary to really describe how great it is to watch Adam Fox every single night. The wherewithal, the knowledge to make that last second play, to skate to the position he was in, to make that goal happen with 0.4 seconds left. To, so Ryan Lindgren kind of gets that tap in and Mika Zibinija has the perfect pass. He's just he's just a limitless player. It's I know that's the catchphrase I keep saying, but even last night, one thing he did where uh, he was skating towards the boards and, and someone was trying to lay a big hit on him and he did like the little tiny shoulder fake and then went the other direction and the guy went right into the boards and didn't hit at him at all. And then, or, and then after that, he did like a no-look backhand pass that was absolutely perfect, but went right to right to his teammate's stick tape. And from there, it was just like, okay, cool, Adam Fox can do whatever he wants and he looks effortless doing it. Uh, so overall, uh, a not gritty win, a needed two points. One of the things I discussed a couple months ago before the season, I think on our season preview with Shayna, I was talking about 
Georgiev and how this Metro division is going to be really, really hard. And Georgiev could cost you the playoffs because there are times he just lets up goals. And Steve Aliquette in the post game absolutely ripped Georgiev, pretty much saying he can't track the puck right now and uh, isn't an NHL goalie. Do we see a situation where Georgiev gets sent down? Because I just, as much as our client, uh, Keith Kincaid, is playing very well in the AHL, I don't see a situation where they still expose Georgiev to waivers, even though this experiment probably should have been over a long time ago. You're asking me if the NHL organization yes, has yes. been too afraid to expose Lieber Hayek for eight weeks. He's back, by the way. Is going to be not afraid of exposing Alexander Georgiev. On yeah. waivers. Yeah. That's the question. I just want I want to make sure that you're asking me the, the, the question I think you're asking. Let me go ahead and just double check. Uh, it is the question, and I, I retract my statement because I know the Got answer. <laughs> yeah, no fucking, no fucking chance. Yeah. The no Rangers, chance. whether whether it's of the opinion of Benoit Allaire or Chris Drury or Gerard Gallant, I know the opinion of Drury and Gallant is that Alaire will be able to work with this kid and make something happen. I, I, if anyone could do it, it's Benoit Alaire. But I don't think Benoit Alaire is capable of turning ice into wine. So I, I, I'm not a thousand percent sure this is a necessarily fixable problem. And again, I don't want this to come off as being too critical of Georgiev. I, there's plenty of reasons why we can be critical of Georgiev, but. My issue with this situation, again, it to me, it, it, the root of the problem is this organization just completely botched and miscalculated what they had in the asset and didn't do the proper math or any geometry you want to throw out there about what their long-term goalie situation was. I understand that on one hand, you wanted a safety net for Igor Shosturkin, on the other hand, you had that safety net. He's your Hall of Fame goalie who had a long legacy and long career of nothing but success for your organization. Your safety net wasn't Alexander Georgiev. And again, I go back to the fact that they just found Georgiev sitting on top of a trash heap in European hockey. He's not a draft pick. He's not a guy that came in with a huge resume. He is just a guy that they found, discovered, liked his playing style, signed him to an entry-level contract, and outperformed every expectation any human being ever had Which on them. Which good on Georgiev for doing that. But great, now... great job. Georgiev went from a guy who had no NHL future to a guy who's had a sustainable NHL career. 2.5 million what, a year. Yeah. Yeah, regardless of what he's doing this year. He, he is a self-made man, and that deserves some praise. It's... It's just fascinating to me that the Rangers, who, again, all they have invested in Alex, Alexander Georgiev is time. They didn't use a draft pick. They didn't acquire him in trade. He is a guy they found and just developed themselves, and he was never supposed to be the guy. He has never been the guy throughout his entire Ranger tenure. And this organization, for whatever reason, just never wanted to turn that into something else that could actually help this team in the long run. And we're now in a position where, you know, he, he's gone a bit pumpkin. It, it's past midnight. The ball's over. Cinderella's glass slipper is somewhere else. And unfortunately the Prince has put that shoe on Igor Shesterkin and it fits perfectly. So it, it it's, it's over. It, but I, I, I feel bad for there. There's a part of me that feel feels bad for Georgiev. And I, I think if the Rangers move on from him, I think he'll find some semblance 
of maybe peace, maybe success. I just I think I he'll don't be a backup in this league, and and he'll definitely yeah. find a place to play NHL hockey again. Like his career's yeah, not I just, over. I don't think it's ten. Like I don't think it's tenable for him to stay in New York anymore. Not that I think people are running him out of town. It's just he himself says he's a guy that needs more playing time. And I don't care if it's Keith. I don't care if it's Huska. I don't care if it's Tyler Wall. Whoever's going to be backing up Shusterkin is just not going to be playing very much. And that's a very specific ask you're expecting from a backup goalie. Some guys just need to play. Georgiev thinks he's a guy that needs to play. That's great and good. It's not going to happen in New York. And it just makes me more frustrated that, again, when there was trade value on Alexander Georgiev, the Rangers, for whatever reason, stood pat. It was the wrong calculation in that regard. And now we're to this point where we believe the Rangers are a playoff team. We believe every point is important. And we don't believe that in a game in which Alexander Georgiev can st- starts, that points are the realistic outcome. That's an unacceptable situation to be in for a playoff team. And what makes it even more frustrating is there is a guy in Hartford, whether we are friends with him or not, that is battle-tested, has a playoff resume, knows what it takes to play when called upon, whether it's every night or once every three weeks. And if the Rangers didn't have Keith down in Hartford, would I be saying some of this stuff? I'd probably be saying it along the lines of the Rangers know what they have is bad, so they need to go find something that's good. But it's the fact that the Rangers have this very safe safety net hanging underneath this team in Hartford, who seems to be not just playing better than Georgiev, but is just a better alternative in the now. And I, I, I don't think a playoff team can just afford to sit around and wait, especially when that team finds itself in the Metropolitan Division. Yeah, and I'm not saying Keith will come up and be a perfect performer. I'm not saying he's going to come up and blow the doors out and just be this awesome goalie, but he's going to keep you in games. It's very, he's very serviceable in those situations versus a Buffalo where you don't have to worry about it. Like, there are uh, three back-to-backs in December, Greg. So that's three more games at least. And the, the, the schedule is pretty brutal in December. It's it's constant games, like three or four a week. And Georgiev's going to get a lot of those starts. And this Metro, as you know, is already uh, extremely tight. The Rangers currently sit in third place. Now they'll be going to play the uh, the Islanders twice in the Boston Bruins on Friday. Uh, well, the Rangers seem to seemingly be, seem to be catching the Islanders at quite a good time. Uh, to play against them, but I can't see a situation where you're going to feel comfortable starting Georgiev with these upcoming back-to-backs. I just, I, I don't see it. Um, but I think we've we've kind of spent enough time on, on Georgiev at this point. Uh, yeah, I, it's a little surprising. We've been talking for, what, 15 minutes? And yeah, the something like that. Kako haven't come out of your that's, mouth yet. That's literally where I was going. Next question. You said it. Uh, Kako, huh? Mm-hmm, everybody, just sitting there. Uh, send him the hard fair. He two, seems to be struggling. Two weeks ago, two weeks ago, Gregory, you had one of your best rants I talked about I, you know, on this show last weekend. You can go back and let's do it. Where we said you drafted the players at one and two. Kapokako looks like, in a, since becoming back from injury, even in the beginning of the season and the preseason and everything else, the points were there, but he looked like a different player. We all saw it. We all saw the development. The, the foot speed was better. The uh, the aggression was better. It seemed like the reins were off from David Quinn. And all of a sudden, the confidence that he's gained from Gerard Gallant, sitting on that line with Artemi Panarin and Ryan Strom, has unleashed him in a way that, honestly, even I'm surprised about. Because these goals, Greg, are not... They're not give-me's. They're not tap-ins. They're not just... Artemi Panarin just sets it in. He's sitting right next to the net. Artemi Panarin puts it perfectly on his puck, and all he has to do is move his hands forward. They're 
they're legitimate goals. <laughs> like, Kabokaka was making moves and driving to the net, what, which is why we drafted him. To be this Mark Stone-like player that can use his body, fight on the boards, drive to the net, puck handle, and make a pass here or there. I mean, passing is not his, his number one ability. That's more Lafreniere. But he's just been he's just been a different animal this year. I mean, even his forechecking game, you can watch. Watch Capococco go after people. He causes turnovers and creates possession himself again this year. He's legitimately, and I cannot believe I'm saying this, He's been a top three player for the New York Rangers over the past, like, week and a half. That's insane. It, it, to watch him go from the worst rookie that probably ever was to the player he is now and hoping this streak can continue because scoring four, being a point-per-game player and scoring three in over four games is nice and all. But we've all seen Chris Kreider, um, not this year, but every other year, go this, this hot streak. If Kako can maintain the level of play he's playing at now, uh, and I think this is a hot take, and you'll probably destroy it, so I'm ready to roll. Uh, I I think this is the one of the best lines the Rangers have had in the past five years, and I'm not sure it's close. Hmm. I'm not sure about that. Um, if Kako plays to that point. level, yes. Yeah, you're right. Maybe there's something closer. Um, it's not like Mika, Mika and Panarin, when they play together, of course, are absolutely devastating, but it's not like they're really a line ever. No, I I just think we're... We're very much blinded in the reactionary. That is, that is that's I, what I'm I doing right now. Doing. Yeah, I, I'll say this. I think if you wanted to circle back to your original point, what has unlocked Capo Caco's game in my eyes? I think the the you bring up the point of how like the I, I was emphatic that the Rangers. You go back in time in the moment if they ever took anyone besides Caco and Lafreniere, not only would we all be pissed, we'd all be telling for the calling for the organization to be folded and i believe that but i i think the point the larger point i've had about this team and about this team's struggles at five on five and how a lot of people were frustrated with the children and i was the one frustrated with the vets it's i i do think if you want to go back and look at the tape and look at the games i think kaka was pressing because like everybody else on the team including ryan strom if Artemi Panarin isn't going, this team doesn't feel like it's going. And I think Kako is a smart enough hockey player with a high enough hockey IQ to understand that in order he can't worry about his game until he worries about Panarin's game. And then while Kako was out, and since Kako has come back, Artemi Panarin is looking a lot like Artemi Panarin. Now, whether it's because Gallant finally got the message through to him that, buddy, all I need is for you to shoot and everything else will fall into place, I think that message has raised Panarin's confidence. And as Panarin's confidence gets higher, Panarin is one of the few guys in this league where, yes, he can create his own opportunity, but that dude is aching to create opportunities for other players. And I'm sure he's looking at Kako and being like, buddy, I'm going to get mine, but we're going to get yours too because my game is taking off. Do I think Kako, this emergency he's having could have happened without Artemi Panarin's game returning to a Jesper Fast as a line mate level, like from two years ago, potentially. But I do know for a fact that Panarin getting his game back to the level that we are used to seeing from Panarin is absolutely raising all boats with that high tide. And that includes Capococco. And what it's done for Capococco is given him confidence, given him the ability to take more chances offensively, and it's taken away the burden of Kako feeling like he has to be this creator 
for his star teammate who is struggling to get his season going. We're now at a point where Panarin is cooking. And now Panarin's cooking so much that he's like, you're eating, little chef. You're going to get some too. And now it's like we're seeing this take off. And now the goal here is to keep this kind of momentum going with Kako so that the next time Panarin falters, Kako isn't worried about getting Panarin back going because Kako is more confident and more trusting in his own game that he just keeps on doing what he's doing. And honestly, to a lesser extent, only a lesser extent because it doesn't show up on the immediate score sheet, you want to talk about lines that have looked the best for the New York Rangers in the last five years. Lafreniere, Heedle, and Gauthier is one of the best Ranger lines in the last five years. It looks so good right now. Are they so putting pucks right in the back of the net on a consistent basis? That's the only thing they are not doing. That offense, that, that line is offense on crack every night. It is the chaotic good. And- that you before, and I have before we move about on to this, because I want so many times. I, I do want to talk about that line a little extensively, but I want to give a shout out to Ryan Strom, who we make jokes about, we crack the jokes, but I think I'm officially at a spot right now where I'm scared of losing him. The two man game he's been playing with Kako, the way he's creating for not only Panarin like he always has, but these short little passes he sets up Kako so Kako can drive to the net. Is he's just been an incredible player. He's he's almost criminally underrated at this point, and I'm worried his contract is going to be. Uh, a lot bigger than I expected it to be at this, like where we're at right now. I, I think he's going to get like six point five million on the open market, Ryan Strom, which sounds bonkers. But I, from everything I see from Strom, from even the advanced analytics that are showing him, like he's he's playing quite well. He's he's doing everything you need. The, the only criticism I have of Ryan Strom this season and uh, half of last season is that the man can't hit an empty net. He just can't do it. But his passing, his creation, and uh, his obviously his chemistry with the two of them has been phenomenal. I hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Don't necessarily disagree. At the same time, if you're asking which player does something that I find to be possibly the most replaceable on the New York Rangers, I think it's Ryan Strom. On the whole squad? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that's to me, the answer is Barca Goodrow, but you're talking about the top nine. I'm talking about someone that will actually... The problem with Barclay Goodrow and his entire contract is going to be summarized with this statement. I'm saying among the players that have an actual ability to impact the Rangers. (laughs) Yes, okay. That's the meanest thing I could possibly say about Barclay Goodrow. It is. It's like, yeah, he's signed for too many years. He's signed for too much money because he's a dude that should not impact the New York Rangers season. But if we're talking about guys who are firmly planted in the top six, firmly have a role in the first power play unit, firmly represent something that is important to the future of the New York Rangers team. Like, if you take Zibanejad away from this team, I think they're fucked. If you take Kreider away from this team, I think you're it's tenuous, though the Rangers might have to make that decision sooner rather than later. If you take Lafreniere, Kako, Panarin, right, they're if you take away Fox, if you take away Lindgren, if you take away Keandre, if you take away Truba, like, if you talk about the top six and the top four, so the 10 most technically the 10 most important rangers at any given time i think we're in this weird place where ryan strom is currently on this team maybe the fifth most important ranger and yet of the top 10 the most replaceable i am more confident i can find a guy to do something within 80% of what strom does on a nightly basis 
than I am anyone else in that top 10. We're going to have a lot of conversations about Strom in the future, but I kind of do want to get back to your point about the Heedle, Lafreniere, and Gauthier line, which has been gangbusters on offense for sure. The defense just hasn't been there just quite yet. But Philip Heedle, another player, along with Keandre Miller, by the way, who I'm sure we'll talk about at some point, maybe with Tom from Stray in a couple minutes, uh, have kind of reinvented themselves after their injuries. Heedle looks like totally new. He The way he was, the aggression he was showing towards the net, I, I know he said... Um, I think it was to Vince. I can't remember. Uh, I said no credits to Vince on that one. Uh, he was watching games during his injury where he was saying, "Okay, how do I, how do I become a better defensive player?" And he was trying to put that into practice when he came back from injury, and it, it seemingly has worked. But it's not just the the de- de- defensive structure that Kittle has brought to this team. He is driving to the net. He's driving play. And a couple weeks ago, I was pretty big on. I think Philip Hedl, who I've always considered sort of to be a semi winger with center second, uh, would be a, a perfect spot on that top line. Now, Greg, I, I don't think I can. you could convince me that I, I'd rather have Hunt on the top line, which I know sounds bonkers and crazy, but I don't want to break up that heel lafreniere Goche line because it's just too dangerous. The Goche does something every single time he's on the ice. I, I think one of the games he had like 12, I think it was the Maple Leafs game. Goche was a monster. He had like 12 straight shifts where he was creating, draw, uh, make, uh, making an icing happen, uh, going towards the net. Like, he didn't score, but he had everything else. Like, uh, the, the the kids look great when they're buzzing on that line. It's really, the funny thing about this, and it sucks, is like the, the Rangers are missing one key right winger that's worth $5.8 million over six years on the top line. And I think this team is, is like cracked out, like you said. Like, everything else is kind of really good. I, I have some complaints about Goodrow. I have complaints about Nemeth, and, and we'll get to Niels Lundqvist, I'm sure, being benched again for Jason Storty along with Tom, with uh, Tom from Stray there. But, but boy, if, if, if Bujanovic is still here on that top line, I think we're really cooking. Really are. It's what I opened the show with. It's I don't know if I'll ever get over the fact that Drury pulled the good GM, bad GM double. It's remarkable. Like, every team is trying to find, and the Tampa Bay Lightning are trying to find the guy to replace the production Barclay Goodrill gave them on a nightly basis when he wasn't making any money. And the Rangers nailed that by signing Dryden Hunt. But they also gave Barclay Goodrill the money that a smart organization wouldn't have and didn't want to give him. It's remarkable. I... I'm with you. I'm in a weird place where I don't see any scenario in which I can rightfully break up that line of Lafreniere, Hito, and Goche. I don't want to touch it. I, I want to find a way to give them more time on the ice, as hard as that is, uh, considering, again, that is your, in theory, third most important line on any given night. I would like to see Gallant... If there's one that Gallant is better at this than Quinn was for sure, where if Gallant realizes something is working, he tries to emphasize it a little more. I just in the moment, and I'm happy Gallant did this last night because it just flat out was not working with Goodrow on that top line against the Sabres. And he said, fuck this. I'm not losing points in this game. I'm changing something. And he didn't want to move Kako up because he likes that line. And he didn't want to move Goche up because he likes that line. So it gave him one option, which was Dryden Hunt. And it just so happened to work. Uh, and thank God, because if it didn't work, then you have to get a David Quinn 
line blender going, and that's not good for anybody. Because you, instead of fucking up the chemistry on one line, you're fucking up the chemistry on three lines. I just can't move lines two or three right now. They're too, they're too explosive. You can't do it. If and it's, it's a, this. This is one of the first times on this podcast where we are talking about a great problem to have this season. This is amazing. Right? It am- feels like this entire year up until this point, we've been talking about uh, doomsday devices, bullshit, not being able to score, terrible everything except Igor Shosturkin and Adam Fox. It seemed like the world was caving in on us, while, all while the Rangers kept winning. To just get kept points winning from every fucking game. Yes. But finally, on November 22nd, the week of Thanksgiving, you know what I'm thankful for? The fact that we're talking about a good problem to have. That is fucking great. Now, I'll say this. Dryden Hunt, I am willing to ride with it in the short term. I think we give it as much run as we can. However, I think a smart organization understands that this is nothing more than a Band-Aid. And this still needs a very serious, more permanent replacement that the Rangers need to lean into. I'm not expecting Dryden Hunt to go on some uh, magical run here. It, if we want to go back to harken back to Met comparisons, right? You know who Dryden Hunt is to me? Who's that? Young Dylan G. Wow, a real you're throwback. Happy, Number five you're starter. Happy, you're, you're absolutely happy that out of nowhere – this guy throwing 88 to 90 miles an hour is somehow giving you quality start after quality start. But you realize that when games get a little bit more important, it's not exactly the guy you can have on the mound. You need to go out there and get someone a little bit more. But I hate to say like the battle tested, the, the, the veteran it's a real thing. kind of thing. It's a real thing. At the same time, it shit does carry a little weight. And I still think this team is in desperate need of a top six right winger who when push comes to shove can put his hot dog on the table and take this team to different heights. (laughs) Hot dog. Interesting. Uh, Yeah. We'll see about the Mr. Kessel edition. Um, Do we want to get to Tom now or we want to do five stars real quick? We can do five stars after Tom. All right. Sounds good. Let's get to Tom and then we'll come back to some five stars. Maybe we'll even do five stars with him. Who knows? All right. Transition. Hey, we're back with our first and only guest of the day, Tom from Straight from the Path. Tom, you are a recurring guest. Um, I guess we'll start off. This is a terrible question because I didn't do research. Are you going on tour soon? <laughs> it's all good. So uh, if you can fucking believe it or not. Wait, can I curse on this? Yeah, fucking curse. Yeah, you can. <laughs> you can. <laughs> can you curse on this? I, I, Come on. I, do, I do so many like Twitch streams and podcasts and shit. So I just want to make sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm a listener of the podcast. I don't get every episode. I do remember, Greg, you go off a lot. So that's, that's I yeah. That. Well, I've got I a lot of things to, to be sure. angry about in my life, Tom. <laughs> I yep. just want to make sure. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so um, we don't actually go on like a full, full tour until February, which is in Europe. But we have um, five dates in December. Uh, what are they? Fucking December 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. We play Brooklyn at the Knitting Factory nice. guns and some others. So uh, we play Boston, Philadelphia, Albany, and Hartford. So. It's just to kind of get back into it because we haven't played. And uh, by that time, it'll be almost two years. Our last show was January 15th of 2020. That's crazy. Yeah, but we, uh, we're finishing a new record, which the record's done. We just need to get our English drummer from the UK to America, which has been insane to do. But he comes over December 1st, tracks his drums. We shoot some music videos. We play five shows. Dope. We go home. Knitting Factor is one of my favorite venues. So It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's like a nice tiny room but it's like it's, it's good to just get crazy in there you know? definitely intimate so japan droids there once went fucking crazy did I, tom did, 
You you told me you had shows coming up. You didn't tell me one of them was in Albany. What the fuck? What are we drinking? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I don't drink at all, but I'll watch you go nuts, bro. Like we'll talk about the Mets. We'll talk about the Rangers. We'll just go crazy. We'll, we'll talk about the My Mets. man is Edge. He talked about it on Twitter. I read. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm Edge, but I I, I chill. I'm not. There we go. I'm, we chill. I meant we met, we're in you're in Albany, so we're drinking chocolate milk from Stewart's. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm down. Hey, if you want to actually come, um, you you text me, bro. I got you. I'll take care of you guys whenever, wherever. I'll yeah. see you. I'll see you in. Philly. I'm, I live here now. Anyway, um, let's go. Uh, so let's get right to it. You went to a game, which I believe is with your child, and you got her to a picture oh. with Artemi Panarin. What the hell happened? I'm so mad about the Tenorti thing that I forgot that that even happened, <laughs> uh, and I forgot we were even going to talk about it. Uh, yeah, that happened. Um, oh, that's, oh, I've embraced myself for this too, um, because Greg, we've talked about something about this on the side, which I guess I can't touch on, but. Oh, no, no, you can. He hates us now. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, who hates us? Everybody I was actually going to offer. I was going to offer because I was like, you know what? How about this? Can I shit on him? And then yeah. if he cancels his Patreon, I'll pay for his Patreon. But anyway. Yeah, I apparently yelled at him in Discord because he was answering questions for Ryan and I. Oh, we're so talking about He hates okay. us now. Okay, cool. Us. Yeah, anyway, yeah. Let, let me yeah. get it. No, because, yeah. Because <laughs> Ryan, that <laughs> guy... That guy's the guy that shit on Tom for apparently bringing his kid to a game and yeah. enjoying the moment. So, so let me Sorry that you got to so, meet Artemi Panarin with your newborn child. <laughs> I know, bro. And that's why I was just, I was like, and normally I just don't even <clears throat> get into it on, on the internet. And like, it was like overwhelmingly awesome, right? Like everyone thought it was great. I thought it was so awesome. here's the thing. I made, you know, I have a new, uh, a newborn daughter. She, well, not newborn. She's nine months. And when I saw the schedule, you know, I live in Nashville. And when they play the Preds, my whole family goes, right? And, um, I, you know, I was like, I, I wanted to bring my, my daughter. We bring her every day. We brought her to a Met game, you know, and, and like, she just draws attention, man. Like, she's a, such a fun kid. And, um, you know, when we brought her to the Met game, she was on the screen. She got to meet Mr. and Mrs. Met. Like, it was just fun, right? She just does that. So I was like, you know what? I was like, if we made a sign for her that said, my first hockey game, I want a picture with the bread man. Like, and I was like, knowing Artemi, like if he saw that and, and he saw this baby wearing an Artemi Panarin jersey, because my buddy Matt, um, when I had my daughter, got her a Panarin jersey. Sick. So it's just like a thing where it's like, oh, the bread man's her player, right? Yep. And uh, so we, you know, me and my wife made a sign. Took fucking five minutes, and you know we went down there early and uh, we just put it against the boards. I was like, hey, if we if he does it, it'll be awesome, right? And I said to my wife, like, because she was like, oh, who are we gonna get to take our picture? I was like, no, no, no. I was like. We're not taking. We're, it's not going to be the three of us. It's just <laughs> Ramsey. My daughter's name is Ramsey. Yeah. Uh, it's just Ramsey and Bread, right? So you know. So that's. So he comes over and and I'm I'm while he's skating by, he skates by it like four or five times, and I was thinking, I was like, fuck, he can't read this. Like you yeah. know, like he's good at he's good at uh, at speaking English, but I was like, man, like it's like construction paper. It looks like a serial killer made, right? Yep. You know. So. Yep. So he skates by. I was like, uh, yeah, he probably can't read it. So anyway, then we see him look and he starts like squinting at it. And then he looked at me and I pointed at my daughter and he came over. Right. Sick. And also before this, which got completely overshadowed, like Ryan Reeves came over and, and flipped the puck up to her too. Oh, so I have to, Reeves, yeah. man. All right. Let's Dude, start. He's, he, let's start. He's there. the greatest. Uh, but, I, uh, but, okay. Go ahead. You'll finish your story. Then we'll go. All right. Yeah. So uh, um, I, I'm almost done anyway. So, uh, so anyway, he, he squints over and I point at my daughter. He comes over and then my daughter wasn't looking and he banged on the glass and she looked at him and stared him right in the eyes. And he just looks at her and goes, what's up? Like that. And I was like, <laughs> oh, this is the fucking best. So I take a picture 
I'm not in any picture, right? I'm not yep. using Panarin or using my baby to get a picture with Panarin, right? I'm not like, you know, yep. I just wanted to have some fun with my fucking daughter, right? But what I don't know is the team is across the way and they're filming this interaction. And um and and so I'm in that. And then they posted on their their Twitter and their Instagram, their Facebook. Then uh, you know, then Chicklets posted, um uh it, it was on Sports Center. Like it was everywhere, That's right? Awesome. And it was like, yeah, it went crazy. And like I didn't expect that. And but then at this point, my phone's blowing up, you know, like it's on the MSG thing. And I was like, this is this is fun, right? But then there was this one fucking bastard. <laughs> I hope he's listening. His name's Jordan, whatever. And he's just like, and he didn't even wow. at me or anything. He was replying to it on the thing. He's like, oh, imagine being this much of a fucking loser to use your kid to get a picture with Panarin. And I just like ripped into him. I was like, I wasn't in the picture. This is the team filming. I didn't know they were fucking filming it. And we're just like going back and forth. And I'm just like, bro, like maybe one day you'll have a kid and you'll just know what it's like to do something fun. And he's like, yeah, sh- your your kid doesn't even know where they are. It's like, oh my god, yeah, no fucking shit, you <laughs> dumb fuck. Like, Tom, like fo- it- Tom, honest follow up question. Yeah, you sure that kid's gonna have a kid? Oh no, wait, that's what I was saying. I was like, wow, uh, uh, I attacking this guy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, said, I said something where I was just like, because he's such a like miserable bastard. And I was like, man, I was like, if you ever have like you know find someone to marry you and you have a kid, you'll understand one day. He's like, I am married, and I was like. I am so sorry. Congratulations. Um, yeah, like, <clears throat> so anyway, like, leave it at that. Like, you know, he was just shitting on it. It was overwhelmingly, you know, uh, positive, and it was, like, it was so fun, and I, I want to show it to her in fucking five years. You'll still be on the team. It'll be fucking yeah. sick. Yeah, so, I'll be around. Yeah. Anyways, we're talking about dads. Ryan Reeves. Let's talk about Ryan Reeves. Yeah, let's talk about daddies. <laughs> so um, right away, he was traded for a third, then extended immediately. Greg and I both hated it. Now we're all in. Where are you? Man. That's why I love. I want to do this podcast again. Me and Greg were talking because I am so aligned with the two of you. It's ridiculous. Wow. Um, I'm the same way. Like I was just like, "Are you fucking joking me?" Like this guy can't even play. And then it was honestly, there was two things, and it was the Shesty release us. Yep. And it was um, him getting hurt and telling Galan he wanted to go to the bench. And I'm like, now I get it. Like I get it. This is important. And we've never really had this before. And uh, and then he beat the shit out of that kid. <laughs> that was that was rude. It was very. It was, rude. It, was, it was egregious. And like, and he was even like, "Yeah, I don't know what this is." And then he has that like, "Oh, so how about them Rangers?" Like, he just talks. Like, he reminds me of like a uh, a more marketable like Sean Avery almost, where like Avery would just talk differently, and it wasn't just yeah, I gotta get pucks in deep, gotta you know play north south, not east west, and it's just like boring like interviews he doesn't he talks like one of us and he's just funny he's like how about them rangers and i'm just like i love this guy Damn, i love it and guy. i just think like imagine being in the locker room with him you know like it's got to be uh, awesome it's uh since i'm doing ranger to met comparisons it's kind of a deep cut Juan rebay vibe that i get from ryan reeves where the dude is just like i'm fucking cool yeah. i love hockey and nothing else matters and i'm just gonna be the coolest dude as i do it and yeah. that was like the vibe Juan rebay had in 2015 with the Mets. Jesus. That's the vibe I'm getting from Reeves. I don't know if he's ever going to do anything physically on the ice that will make the New York Rangers better. I just know that I'm having more fun with him being there. And it's been a very long time since I've been able to say that about a Ranger. Player. I have, I think I have a really good analogy for it where I can relate to it. So okay. for my band, okay. To people, it's the four of us. Right. And like, you know, even beyond that, 
a lot of people, you know, love Drew, our singer, and, and Craig, our drummer. Like, they're, like, our personalities, whatever, right? But they, they the four of us, and they love us, whatever, like that. But you got to understand, when we go on tour and we're out there for six, seven weeks, and it's, it's fucking grueling, right? It's really hard. It can be, especially as we get older. And, um, you know, we have our, our uh, merch salesman, Mikey. We have our photographer, Gabe. And it's like, and our, our sound guy, like Ronnie, and they're not in the band. We can find a lot of sound guys. We could find a lot of photographers. We could find a lot of uh, merch salesmen, right? They're all, they're all over the place. But it's their vibe and their morale. And it's like when, you know, we're on tour and it's tough, those, those people and their personalities really make me f- get fired up to play. So that when I'm on week five of a seven-week tour and I'm missing home, you know, and it's and I'm in Europe and I have to go to bed at two o'clock in the morning and I miss the Ranger game, which I literally hate, you know, like <laughs> yeah. they're, they're the ones that are kind of keeping it fun and they keep it like they keep you fired up and like they really like keep you going. So you think about it this way. It's 82 games over the span of four or five, six months, whatever. Like you need that guy who's on the plane making you laugh, who's doing the, the, the interviews like firing you up the Shesty release us like to fire you up at game 51 against the coyotes. You know what I mean? It's like, it's important to have that morale boost. And it's like, you really don't understand it until you're in an environment like that, where you're doing something long and grueling where it's like, we turn the game on and we expect the best of them. But you also don't know if like Shesterkin is like, you know, getting shit from his, you know, fiance or whatever, because he's gone all the time and she's lonely. And like, he, he, he feels guilty for leaving her and stuff like that. Like which band guys deal with, you know what I mean? And, um, but, and then, you know, when you get that Shesty release does, and he probably fires him up and keeps him focused. It's like, these are people and to be on the road and to be battling day in and day out and to be a playoff team, like having a guy like Reeves is crucial. And it's like, who was our guy last time? Like Brendan Smith, you know, I'm not shitting on Brendan Smith, but it's like, you know what I mean? Like we never had that like face of the team almost, even though he's plays five minutes a game, you know? Yeah. That last guy was really Tanner glass and he became a joke more that he was a leader. Now he actually works (laughs) for the Rangers in prospect development. Go figure that out. To to your point, Tom, to your point, um, I, I gamble a lot on college football, which means I try to listen to some people who actually know or try to know, about what's going on in college football. And I remember one time I was listening to this guy talk on a podcast and he was very clearly explaining how stupid it is to gamble on college football. And the point he made is the point you made. It's just, we we're sitting at home and we don't know which one of these like 18 to 22 year old hormonal dudes yeah. just got into a fight with his girlfriend mm-hmm. who probably thinks that fight is the only thing and the most important thing going on in his life. And now he's going to have to go up against a defensive line who might have just had the best week of their life, and they just want to kill the guy. And we'll never know if that's actually happening to some poor schmuck quarterback at some weird Eastern Washington-like For free. And yet, yet, (laughs) here I am. For free. That's a good good thing because I'll tell you this. Like, if we're on tour with bands and we're on that five-week tour and that band, like, kind of doesn't really get along and their crew is a bunch of boring shit, like, we're going to outplay them because we're just in a better mood and we're fired up and we're more of a unit. Like our merch guy, Mikey has been with us for almost 10 years. You know what I mean? Our, our, our photographer Gabe has been with us for three plus years. Like, like these are people that are like fucking family to us and like our legit crew. They're not just like hired on guys. 
And there's people, there's bands that do do that where they just get the guy that just like, oh, the, the guy or the girl that just comes in and like, please, like, work for us for this tour. And then they don't care. And a couple of days, they don't even talk to them. Like, they're not like, hey, did you eat? Like, do you want us to bring you food to the merch table? Like, they don't do that where we do. We all look out for each other. And it, it makes it easier to do those long, grueling things. Let's get to, to Tenorti. Because <laughs> I want to oh. kind of want to give you the floor with this right now. Niels Lundqvist, uh, obviously benched again for I think the fourth time this season for Tenorti to yeah. play. Uh, Tenorti does what did I call a 360 giveaway, where he just uh, puts the puck right on the opponent's stick, and they get to take a shot, which is super cool. And I actually didn't even notice that uh, Patrick Nemeth's uh, contract was three years long. Very cool. Uh, so I've had a really interesting day. Uh, we're, we're, I want to give you the floor for Tenorti and kind of um, any slander you want to do at this point. Uh, sure. <laughs> um. To, and listen, I am a I am a gallant guy. I'm a GG, right? Getting there. A gallant guy. I like him. Okay. However, this is strike seven for me if he plays this dude again. Like that was a like rec league hockey move. Honestly, it was below rec league because I play rec league <laughs> and I don't do that. I've never done that in my life. And I, I don't know what they were thinking. Um, you know, I mean, like, obviously we were just talking about how these people are human. So maybe some shit happened, but it's like, at this point it's on Gallant now. So Tenorti showed who he was and it's just not working out. Maybe he's better. In another, Cause I'll tell you this. I watched fucking, you guys might hang up on me, but I watched the ads the other day and like, I watched Jack Johnson and I'm like, no man, yeah. he looks pretty good. I don't know what's going he looks, on. He looks fine. He looks fine. Like, and I'm just like, holy shit. Like good for him. So it may be the system, and I get that. Like, it could be he doesn't like where he is. He's not playing enough. Get it. But the team is special, and I'm not saying that they're the best. I'm not saying, you know, whatever. I'm just saying that they're special, and there's definitely a vibe going on. But with the Nemeth, and, like, you could stomach Nemeth when he's with Nils, but you can't stomach the Tenorti and and Nemeth. I I just can't. And I know you guys fucking (laughs) love Hayek, we but do. it's like, man, I'll take Hayek over those two. I really would. Well, I don't, I know, I know. don't hang up on me. Don't hang up on me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that. Let me, let me do something I wasn't prepared to do. I'm going to give you a good news, bad news here. Okay. All right? I'm going to give you a pro-Gallant opinion and, a, and an anti-Gallant opinion. And you, you tell me what you want to do with these. Sure. The pro, um, the general vibe that I have gotten from these moves to put Tenordian over Lundquist it sounds like it's coming from a place of keeping Niels fresh and not necessarily a Quinn binning, right? It's not that Niels is playing poorly. It's that here's a kid in North America for the first time in his young professional career, 21 years old, trying to adjust to the world's most competitive and grueling league and doing so in a condensed Olympic year schedule. So mm-hmm. he's playing more games rapid fire than he's ever played before. And Gallant is worried about his freshness. I can appreciate and understand that because Ryan and I have definitely talked about on this podcast where the NHL was the one league where we're, for some reason, completely obsessed with everybody playing every game. If this was basketball, baseball, football, if a guy got a week off, it wouldn't seem like the craziest thing in the world. We wouldn't panic about it as much as we do in the NHL. And I've always thought that's an interesting opinion. So that is the the good Gallant take. The yeah. bad Gallant take here is uh, last year Ryan and I got accused of being probably more pro Quinn than anybody than else on earth. Anybody yeah. else on earth. 
And every time someone would say we're pro Quinn, we'd make the point that it's not that we're pro Quinn. It's just that we think every NHL coach, but about four is just flat out bad. And this stuff that Gallant pulls is stuff that every NHL coach I've ever seen, but like Barry Trotz pulls. And it's this, this was my point with Quinn. I'm not saying the Rangers would be 11, four and three with Quinn. I'm not saying they'd be four, three and 11 with Quinn. I don't know what they would be. It's just that every NHL coach, it's just a different slice of bad. And it's just, he'll do something that's going to piss you off and sure. wish that you were following a team with a smarter guy. It was yep. never that I didn't think David Quinn was a good coach. It's that I think every coach is a bad coach. And I think Gerard Gallant has done enough to do plenty of things I like. David Quinn did things I like too. Yep. But Gallant also does things I hate, which David Quinn did plenty of things I hated too. Yeah. Um, I appreciate both of those takes. I, l- let me let me alter what I'm saying. I'm going to say from here on out, when I get the lineup for yesterday and I see no Nils and I see no Igor, I go, all right. Like I get it. I get Georgiev. It's Buffalo. Hopefully he doesn't give up more than three goals. We all saw how that happened, which honestly, some of them weren't even his fault. Like one of them was definitely Tenorti's fault, even though, you know, they're coin flips on a breakaway. Uh, and the first goal was just like kind of jumping around. And then the Tage Thompson shot was just like a miracle, like amazing shot. But oh my God, that that Darlene shot. I was I was like, you got to do something about this. Like at, at some point you got to just be like, because what I hate, and this is where I was like, fuck yeah, Gallant, like awesome, was because he recognized he just didn't have it. He, like Georgiev let in a like basically un- like a full on wrist shot from the point go over his glove, like, you know, barely any traffic. Right. And like, and, and most coaches go, Oh, well I've committed to giving the starter a day off. So I'm just going to keep doing that. No, you, it's two points against two points that you should have. So go get it. Like tell him to go play 20 minutes. Like you put Igor in like, and he did that. And I like that. Cause I, I, I don't want to shit on Georgiev too much because he definitely gets shit on. Like, I saw him, but, like, the Rangers said, like, in net tonight, and it was Georgiev, and I looked at the replies, and it was just all, like, good game, Buffalo. Like, all right, you know, whatever. So, like, he sucks, but I don't think he's, like, that bad. I mean, that last game was bad. So here's what I'm trying to say. I'm sorry I'm talking circles. Um, From here on out, like, it should be no, like, believe who Tenorti told you he was. Like, we've we've never seen shines of, of greatness you know, like, like, why can't that be Brendan Smith? Like, that should be. Like, Brendan Smith last year was better than Tenorti is now. And he's better than Hayek and, and maybe even better than Nemeth. I mean, Nemeth is, is like, the least of my problems because, to me, I don't notice that he's playing, and that's okay. You know, it's just, like, he's just there and, like, leave him alone, like, whatever. But, like, it's Buffalo. Like, let Nils play against a team. Like, I know that their record's deceiving, and they can still be hard to play against. Like, I mean, look at yesterday. That was a tough win. And, um... They're hard to play against, but you should beat them. Like, let Nils play that team that you could just – you could have beat up, you know? And so that's the only thing where I'm just like, okay, like, I get what you're saying. Like, keep Nils fresh. Like, it's a new league for him. Like, it's all good, but I just want him to get time because look at Kako. Yeah. Like, Yeah, I'll, I'll say, Tom, to this point – not to cut you off, but I'll, I'll say okay, this. I'll keep talking if you don't. No, I'll say this. I, 
I can appreciate Gallant for wanting to keep meals fresh. I can. Um, the problem is it still haunts me to this day that when we brought Shayna on for our season preview, Shayna made the point to say, no, no, Tenorti's here because Gallant legit likes his game. He's not here to be an enforcer. He's not here to just be a guy that sits around and plays occasionally. He's a dude that Gallant believes in. Okay. And that conversation, I think, has haunted me more than any conversation I've had this year. And I know yeah. for a fact nobody on Rangers Twitter has more heart attacks and, and potential aneurysms from how not just the Rangers, every NHL team handles what they do with their seventh defenseman than Rob Luker. Because seventh defensemen that are not just better than Tenorti, but better than some guys that are playing legit 18 minutes a night for NHL teams, they are readily available. They are free. They are everywhere. And for whatever reason, this league doesn't see value in those type of players who are just low-event dudes that mm -hmm. don't give up high opportunities and also don't create high opportunities, which yeah. – I got to be honest, is exactly what you should really want from a seventh defenseman. So to Correct. your point, yes, I, I agree with you that Tenorti and, and the idea of Tenorti is a problem. And it's a bigger problem that Gallant sees all of that and everything he's done to this point and believes that that is a useful player. I can say all that while also saying I can actually appreciate Gallant thinking long-term with Niels Lundqvist sure. and not trying to sandwich him into every game. I wish there was like a Freddie Clayson that was coming in every night yeah. instead of Tenorti. Yeah. Like if it was, if the Rangers had a legit seventh D, I think this is a completely different conversation. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, like, and you and you you compare it to other sports, and it's like, and you're a Mets fan, so it's like, yeah, I want uh, you know Lindor in there every game, but if he's not in there and it's Jonathan VR, I'm cool. Like Jonathan VR is completely competent. And and obviously he he was a good reason why they had anything happening this year with all their injuries. But let's not talk about the Mets. Different <laughs> different disaster. Yeah. But I'm saying is like there is like who okay so like what's an ideal seventh defenseman like who's out there that we could have like I mean like because to me Great I'm like why is. didn't Brendan Smith come back? You know I, I I don't know what you guys take. I can't remember the Brendan Smith like where you guys stand on Brendan Smith. I love Brendan Smith like to a yeah, level that great. is. Um probably not cool like I, I rode i rode the brendan smith bandwagon super hard the guy did everything the rangers asked him to do and more played forward was one of the better defensemen after the tom wilson incident actually was the only person to show toughness at first yeah. unbelievable uh to yeah. not bring him back i thought was a little bit of a crime i'm, I'm not sure what uh his contract is. I'm going to look it up right now. For, it with was like, I think it's just one year, one million. I think so it's something stupid. That's like, are you fucking joking me? Like, how do we like? And also, like, of all the teams that that uh, Brendan Smith has been on, this is his type of team. You know, like. Yeah, like, but all, and, all it takes is for the Hurricanes to say, "We think we can play you more than the Rangers," and he'll probably want to go to the Hurricanes, right? Like, yes. we talk about human element of the game. I think Brendan Smith knew if he stayed here. He'd be another guy that probably played 20, maybe 20 games this year. And maybe he wanted to go somewhere he could play a little more. I understand that. And he's, and he's boys with like Brady and probably with the other guy that we don't name. Yeah. Who's um, the fifth in scoring. There you go. Yeah. I, I, get, <laughs> I was at this conversation today. It's not that like anyone thought he wasn't good. No, everybody. That's the thing about Tony. It's like everybody knew he was good at hockey. That wasn't it. If he, if, if Tony D'Angelo didn't have Twitter, uh, he'd have a five-year, $5.5 million con dollar contract with the Rangers, but he had 20. Oh, yeah, maybe more. I mean, and honestly, going back to what I was saying 
about, you know, comparing to being in a hockey team is compared to being in a band. I could never tour five weeks with a guy like that. Yeah. So I get, you know, get the, I don't care how good you are. Get the fuck out of here. But let's not derail it with. <laughs> yeah, we can do that. For more miserable stuff. Yeah. Um, but if he's getting one, one and one, like that's like an egregious move to make right there. I didn't love it. I, I love Brandon Smith. Uh, I, the more I look at the Nemeth thing, the more I get worried. I think they're going to try and ship him out of the trade deadline. It's kind of been the the feeling I get. Yeah, Ryan, your feeling's dumb. He's why not why is that? Anywhere. You really think he's going to end up staying? I think they try to ship him yeah. because they need to get them off the books. Like, the money no, is just too, not, too tight. They don't need to get him off the books this year. Next year they about? do. Next year they do. Okay, that's a problem for the summer. You're telling – I don't think the New York Rangers see a problem with Patrick Nemeth right now. Oof. I think they think he's doing everything they brought him in to do. I want to – go on, sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm just saying I, I kind of agree. Like, with Tonorti being there, I don't see Nemeth as a problem. And, again, like, there hasn't been – I mean, he got undressed by McDavid, but it's like, that okay. To everybody. He gets a little past because it's literally one of the greatest to ever do it. Jesus. And, um, honestly, that's it. It's really all that comes to mind. It's like, but he really doesn't fuck up much. Uh, he's not great, but he's not bad. I think – I think people were expecting Nemeth to truly carry Niels Lundqvist, and he ha- he hasn't done that. No. I don't think he's I don't think he's hurting Niels Lundqvist when he plays with him, but I think people expected him to help him more, and I don't think he's doing that. But Ryan, they are not trading him before the deadline. Guarantee you that. Yep. They're not trading him this summer. I can guarantee you that. Oh. I don't think the New York Rangers, Chris Drury, Gerard Gallant see a single thing Patrick Nemeth has done this year and consider it to be a problem. I think fans forget sometimes that what we see doesn't necessarily reflect what the team sees. And we, I, I've used that point a lot with Alexander Georgiev over the years, and I think it's becoming more and more clear that the team's view of Georgiev has changed. But with Nemeth specifically, I don't think the New York Rangers see a single thing he's done this year as problematic. I think they view it as he is a veteran defensive presence on that third pairing who could play on the PK, and he's going to be fine. And in their mind, I think he's been fine. He's uh, We'll get into this another day, but he's, he's a contract that has to be moved because it's the only movable yep. contract if you want to actually get a second-line center when you lose Strom. It's a, whole... it's, a, it's a ridiculous contract. Like, I can't believe it. You, so so I, I know you guys, you guys beef Strom. Um, we don't. We love I'm, him. To be honest, he's just like you, an adventure. You give him shit. Like, he's yeah, an adventure. he's, he's an adventure. Him. That's what he is. Like he's uh, he's a great locker room guy. Like top of the yeah. line, awesome dude. Great interview. Great media. Great passer. Hates empty nets. Like can't hit him. That's just that's who yeah, he is. Yeah. He it's it's man. They gotta be worried though because you're seeing you know a four or five game point streak with all three of them now, and it's like the one line. That has stayed healthy, fucking knock on wood, and they they're clicking. And you know the the Kako goal yesterday, Woo! it's like like oh you oh baby, Woo! like it's crazy because every time they do he does something, I literally think of the two of you. Thank you. Because it's just like because I'm just like <laughs> oh trust me, we were talking. Oh, that's another thing we get into is receipts. I got receipts. These motherfuckers will never hear the end of it Dude, again. Dude, two I, days, two weeks ago, they were like, yeah, we're, hey, we're sending Cocker to the AHL. He's got no points. It's like, can we just wait? Yeah. He looks great. Dude, there is a deranged person, um, and their their Twitter handle is – Wow, we're calling uh, them out. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. This guy's crazy. He, he's, he is crazy, like skinware. All right, I won't – I call him skinware. I'm not going to call him out. But anyway, okay. 
He's uh, actually. <laughs> I'm gonna text Greg because you you know who he is. I know who he. I'm um, sure I know who he is. He's in my replies. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see it. I'm very much proud for this text. Oh god, this is uh, <laughs> talking the shit. Oh, this, good podcast. This is, this is podcasting. This 101, is too, podcasting, so. everybody. Good shit. Okay, uh, Greg, please tell me if you know who I'm talking about. I just texted to you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, no, exactly he's, who it is. Oh, I, I got the text too. It says Fitz GSN. Oh my god. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, but text text Ryan that so so uh, so he could see because he you both know you hundred percent know. Okay. But this dude is nuts. I have screenshots of him, like calling the hit Caco and Lafreniere, like busts, like 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 cereal like just going crazy and yeah sorry you put it in the message um so he's uh he he just goes nuts and i'm like yeah i know exactly i I knew who you were talking about before you said it you had to have he's insane so i'm just like i'm seeing him stuff and like there's people that are like they're bus like trade them while their their values up like oh i wish we could have got it's like i think you guys made this it might have been you guys that made this point but it was just like Lafreniere and Kako were picked for the Rangers. They did not pick them. Like, they were picked for them. Okay, so it was number one overall, your Lafreniere. It's just, that's it. There was no strategy. It's just, that's it. And Kako, it was him or Jack. And they picked Jack, and we get Kako. And it was going to be the other way around. So it's like, these were picked for them. And, uh, you know, so it's like, these people are shitting on the Rangers for getting to call them bus. I'm just like, man, have they not showed you enough that it's there? And I think Kako is finally clicking. And Strom setting him up yesterday, it was just like it was like he knew where he was going to be. And and the biggest thing from last year to this year is Kako got the puck on his stick, and he drove to the fucking net. Coffee. And I'm like, this yes, like he's like I'm going to score here. And it was just great. And like Bread's finding him. And I'm like, man. A lot of people talking about Strom walking, but it's like if this shit keeps going Ooh, on, I am nervous, you, Tom. You better get fucking <laughs> I am nervous, nervous cause... because you know I think I think Strom, like, I, and I also hate the like, Ooh, good old hometown hometown discount. No way, Ryan Strom was I, almost traded three years in a row. Why the hell? Well, would he hold on, this let game? me yeah. let let me try let me try out something I haven't tried out on this podcast before. Tom, you're gonna be hearing this fresh for the first time live as it happens. Let's go. Hear, hear me out. We talk about Ryan Strom possibly getting paid too much, right? Yeah. Maybe he actually doesn't get paid. And you know what evidence I have that he might not get paid? The New York Rangers have been trying to trade him for three years, and no team has said yes. So maybe nobody likes Ryan Strom, and he'll have to take a hometown discount because nobody wants to pay this man. Yeah, and and fuck it. Like, if he comes back and says he'll take – all right, you gave me four and a half. I'll do it for five. Oh, like, Ryan Strom, $5 million. Sign me up right now. Like, sign me up. You know, he's I'm 28. In. You know what's crazy? I got cap friendly up. It, Jacob Troop is 27. Yeah, he's young. Fucking nuts. Young. He's young. And, and he's another guy that like, oh, I got receipts on on that too because everyone's just like shitting on him, which to be fair, last year was definitely kind of A little bit crazy. of a down year. I understand. It was down. But man, he is like a fucking pit bull, like snarling every shift. He looks great and, now. And, and and he's shooting a lot, and I think his goals are going to start coming. Well, he's got to you know, shoot so- within two feet of the net at first, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, or six then we can inches, figure that fuck, out. Yeah, smashing it. But it's like, man, it, like they got a lot of special shit going on. I'm not saying they're perfect, and I'm and I'm not saying that like maybe they're they've completely earned their their awesome record. Um, but there's something. It feels different, and like 
we are getting hooked the fuck up with Chris Kreider. I think it was you, Ryan, that said it. They're like, if 30. he doesn't score 30, yeah, this is a great like, too. Yeah, it's like it's just not happening. Like, if it's not happening now, it'll never happen. Um, but he's like, man, the way he's playing, it's like that six and a half mil is gonna look really good, you I, know. And then like wait till Mika's gonna start clicking, which he will. You know, again, we were here last year where everyone's shitting on him. I got the receipts. This motherfucker's going to show up and he's not even been bad. Like he's been sneaky, like good. And, um, and you know, like even that play, like where he passed to Lindgren, like he's just so aware and he's like really playing good. He's just gonna like the goals will start clicking with like they did last year. And, um, so like there's something special going on and it's cool. And like, I'm worried about, um, the contract that I'm worried about. That's not like one of the rookies that they got to sign is Lindgren. Um, and I'm worried about it because he's 23. I've let, let this let the record show. I I am absolutely head over heels. Everybody is, guy. so you're not alone. Okay. okay, cool. I just want to make sure I wasn't saying I'm worried about it. Like I don't like him. No, we if love. I him. don't. I don't like him. I love him. Right. However, I mean, I'm luck. He's restricted after these three years, which is huge because he's 20 fucking three. He's 23, and he's your top two. He's your Jeff Bukaboom that everyone's been looking for for fucking 25 plus years and you know he's getting three million right now and it's like they're they're they could potentially have the best top two d like in the fucking league soon and it's like what's this guy gonna be he hasn't even hit his prime yet so he's gonna be 26 and it's gonna be 2024 yeah him and and adam fox will be 26 years old at the same time sweet it's insane bro and then like you know what you're gonna have to probably pay them 15 16 million to keep your top two Lindgren doesn't score which is like the good part about his contract sure (laughs) sure no you're right let me let me ask a difficult question here for you tom he's 23 now he'll be 27 28 years old by the time he becomes an actual unrestricted free agent yeah you think ryan Lindgren plays a style of hockey that you want to sign someone at 27 or 28 to a long-term contract for smart yeah you're smart you're right and i'm not i'm not i'm not rooting against it i wouldn't be angry There are some dudes that if you lock up, it's just like a feel-good lockup. Like Chris Kreider, right? When the Rangers locked him up. It's like, I can't really be angry about this contract because it's Chris Kreider. I have all this history with him. I love the man. But if you want to look at things in a vacuum and you want to look at things as, as much as you can to take the emotion out of it, does Ryan Lindgren play a style of hockey that you want to lock up for ages 29, 30, 31, 32, 33? yeah you're right i don't want to even think about it but it's like you're right i so am he's, he's Tom, i am here to ruin your day that no, is what no, i do no, well honestly you're making it good because i look at it this way you know he's getting three million what is he gonna get five million maybe two Let's years see where the cap million. goes but yeah i would say yes. i would say right now he'd get like 4.5 something like that sure and i'm so five is like high end and then you know you get that for 24 and then for 25 as well and then 2026 he's a ufa uh, and but also in 2026 he's UFA and, and then so and Truba's out so uh, and they're probably not going to re-sign Truba when he's 33. You're talking about the really... year that Truba and Panarin are off the books at the same time and mysteriously Connor McDavid is also a free agent. Very interesting. Uh-huh. <laughs> very interesting. That's very very interesting. <laughs> Makes um, you think. And and uh, you know, yeah, I mean, like, so the Panarin and, and Truba are out, so maybe you know, maybe he's playing fucking his best hockey ever, and then they can resign him for six point five or whatever the fuck. Um, but you're right. Like, that's definitely, like, not a style that can last, and you're lucky you got him at 23 to 28, you know? So it's, like, in five years, like, 
they probably if they're not winning a cup or even coming close, then they're then they're probably asking different questions. The window is too. five years, Tom. Like it's you know you got to do it before Mika and Panarin are at the tail end of their contracts. So yeah, and it'll be a fucking shame if Panarin doesn't get one in the next five years. And... Wow. There's there's been a couple of shames for New York Rangers. I don't know if you've heard. <laughs> are, you, are you guys are you guys going? We will be there. Tonight? We will be there. I'll be there too. Yes, we will I'll be there be with, there, with bells on. Oh, uh, very good times. Tom, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Um, any, yeah. any final, uh, uh, thoughts on the team? I mean, I, I agree with you that something is different this year, whether it's Gallant, whether it's Igor taking a step, whether it's Adam Fox just existing on another plane of existence than we do. Uh, but where, where do you see this going from here? I, I, I predicted before the season, they finished second in the Metro and I have to be honest when I did it, it felt bad, but I did feel that way. And I, I, yeah. I see like they might actually, I think they might do it. Yeah. Uh, um, there's a lot of things I there was a lot of weird things going on before the season started, like the, you know, the craft soft stuff, which oh. I'm glad we didn't get into. Yeah, um, I have a lot of like interesting takes like I think Julian Gauthier is good. Um, I also am now as the past week, I actually really like Barkley Goodrow mm. um, and I'm starting to kind of see it and uh, with him and. You know, I think Lafreniere is going to get there. I, I have no worries about him at all. Um, I think Kako is finally going to start hitting it too. I love the D. Like the top four is great. I mean, like I think uh, one of you guys tweeted today, like some of you motherfuckers wanted to put Keandre Miller in AHL. No, it was Kako. Like, it was me, but yeah. It was no, no, I, I, I made the Keandre point last oh, night, right? Okay. It's not all about night, you, okay. bro. Sorry. That, that's what I'm saying. Like these motherfuckers are just like, oh, send him to AHL. Like, are you, do you sleep with a helmet on? Like, what is wrong with you? Because, like, Keandre Miller has been fucking great. And how old is Keandre, Keandre They're all Miller children, bro. They're all, like, 22, dude. 21. Like, Filipino looks like a grizzled veteran. Like, he sees goatee coming, he's 21 years old. He's 22, bro. Dude, Heedle is a, Heedle's the one. Heedle is the one where I'm just like, this guy is finally making his moves. And, like, so I'm really excited about that, uh, especially with Eichel, like, not being a thing. Like everyone was worried, like oh, Heedle, like Strom, does that really seem like a like a Stanley Cup? And like, and if Heedle becomes someone in the next two years, like that's gonna be like that's that's the guys you need, you know, the bottom six, like you know, what I mean, like I feel like our top six is good to go, uh, like and they're always reliable. The power play is starting to do good, like it feels good. You got your top four D, and then it's just the rest of it. You got to figure out the Nemeth and you got to figure out the Tenorti. And then, you know, I, I'm happy with the the fourth line, I think. And as my cousin calls him, Vitaly Huntsov is good. Uh, I think that fucking, <laughs> I like uh, that one. That's good. Yeah. Uh, I think Kevin Rooney is great. I do. I, I really do think so. I mean, he, I wish we had like a yes for Foss there, but you know what I mean? Like, like on that line. Um, and then Reeves is good. And like, I really like the Gautier Lafreniere and he don't like, so anyway, not to be long-winded. Uh, let me ask you before we go. Yeah. Hit. What do you think is the move with Georgiev? Like, what do you think? Like, I and no, be biased with your client there. Yes. Even though I think that that's the move. Um, but I, what do you think's the move? Because like, if you can't find someone to take a Strom, right? Like, how do you find someone to take a Georgiev? I think you're on thin ice at this point in time with him, where you're gonna give him to Benoit Lair. Say, listen, we have three back-to-backs in December. We need this fixed. And yep. if, if after those three back-to-backs, it's not about winning or losing those games because you can lose no matter who's in net versus those teams. It's just sure. if, if Georgiev lets up softies and he's the sole reason, then you have to send him to the AHL and hope that nobody claims him. It just has to happen. 
I don't yeah, care. Sure. I don't care who you call up. Greg said it earlier on the show. Like it could it could be my my client keep Kincaid. It could be um, Garland or or Wall, whatever Husko who's playing well. Like it doesn't really matter. Like someone has to come up and you have to give something else a shot because the Metro is too strong. And it's been like for sure. My point but I feel like people people like Kincaid. Like he's a good guy to have on the team. Um, he's only thirty two or thirty three. He's eight one and one. Like it's not that bad to have a guy like that with. Igor. People you know? forget, like, I, mean, I hate to do the people forget trope. He dragged the New Jersey Devils to their last playoff appearance, and he lost to, maybe you've heard of them, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Like, they, yeah. it's, like he, it's not like he was a, he was terrible in Montreal. He had hard times there. He came to New York to try and rejuvenate his career. He did that when they were carrying yeah. three goalies to yeah. keep him on and started him multiple times over Georgiev, but Georgiev's the asset. Great. Yeah, they want to they they keep him around, Georgiev, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> I don't understand, man. Like that's well, something that's got to move, you know. Like I feel like that's I'll something say, that's got to give. I'll say this: I think there is a difference between Strom and Georgiev. With Strom, I think the Rangers have had a hard time finding a dance partner. With yep. Georgiev, I think the Rangers have had a hard time finding someone to meet their price. And mm. I do think that is an important distinction we should make. I think there are teams that will want to take a chance on Georgiev, and he will definitely get claimed if you try to pass him through waivers. The real question is not, do the Rangers want to move Georgiev? The real question is, are the Rangers ready to swallow the the bullet that they fucked up here when it came to asset management and finally accept that they're just going to get whatever they thought they were getting, they're getting 20 cents on the dollar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was like, what's the asking price, you know? I think they were looking for a second or like even a first. I think they were looking legitimately for a first for a long time. And then, which is insane. And then, insane. Uh, they it, didn't even get that for Cam Talbot, you know? Yeah, which was also at the time I was confused about. Um, but hockey yeah. goalies just don't get the value. Like, Mark Andre Fleury went for free. Like, I know he hasn't been good this year, but he was. He went for, he, didn't he go for free yeah, twice? Yeah, like, this is insane. So, yes. And he's, he's literally top five yeah, in wins of all time. One of Vesna. Um, yeah, so it's uh, where you're just sitting there with Georgiev. It's, they won in the second. I think they'll likely get nothing now uh but i think they could have gotten like a fourth or maybe a third a higher up i don't think so yeah but yeah fourth was probably where you were looking at and, and last real real last question Jimmy. you think you think they make a move with for another winger they have soon to i don't think they're gonna do it soon at all i think they're gonna what wait gonna be? what what defines soon before, like before christmas before the olympics no nah, not before christmas before, before the olympics i think they will i don't think any team is going to want to fuck around and wait before the Olympics. I think it'll Do be I think it happens before Christmas? No, I don't think it happens before Christmas. I don't think so either. Yeah. They're going to keep riding this out, but at some point like you got to look into it and like who do you guys who do you who's your ideal get? Like I know you've we you've love seen you guys like you guys for sure love I don't know if it's a joke or not. It's you know, like a joke, no. but also he'd be great to like just like if he if you just put him on that line where Goodrow is now it's like well Phil Kessel like he's very talented like he, I know he's like Phil Kessel and he's, he's yeah. older now I, at this point. I think I do think Kessel gets unfairly shit on because it, I don't know if he just refuses to play defense but I know it's not in his game um but he's in Arizona he does, like he doesn't have to do anything he just eat hot dogs and well in the I, sun. I'm a big I'm a big believer in good teams are built with stars and then guys who do one thing incredibly well and the one thing Phil Kessel does incredibly well is generate offense at five on five, which is one thing that the New York Rangers so far this season have struggled with on a night to night basis. So, and then he's a rental. I I will say I would have been more open to considering other candidates. 
if people weren't so hard against Phil Kessel, which now just makes me want him more because I'm a piece <laughs> of shit asshole. And that's just yes. how I am. Uh, that's why I, that's why I vibe with you because I'm the same way. It's like, oh, you got to watch this show. I'll be like, no, I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> it's just like I'm the same way. Uh, I'd love Kessel. I do what I'd love to take a flyer on Tarasenko, but I mean, yeah, depends. the Blues are winning though. The Tarasenko's oh, yeah. not going to go anywhere. I, I think Doesn't what they're going to do. Want out, though? What was that? Doesn't he still want out? Yeah, I, he, I think, I think we don't so. Know. But if we the Blues, say. if the Blues are winning, it doesn't matter. Like the Blues aren't trading him. Yeah, they won't make it happen. I think they're going to shop pretty cheap though. It's going to be like a name you haven't really heard of, uh, for like something like a fourth, <sighs> something like that. And then they're going to try and make that guy into the next whatever. So, so I, I they're they're improve the top six thing. That's what they're still working on. Like they don't know. Like I'm Hurdle is the guy that you're going to keep hearing about over and over again from from San Jose. He's like maybe the one guy they've been linked to again. Like it was always like, hey, if they don't get Eichel, maybe get Hurdle. But Hurdle's going to cost a shit ton of money, and he's also a year younger than Mika Zabinajad. So I'm not really sure how that's yeah. going to play out. I, I'm, I'd rather resign Strom. But anyway, I, I could talk to you motherfuckers all day. Yeah, we could do this so. forever. <laughs> uh, we have to go record five star questions. But Tom, uh, uh, you're going on tour. You can go see him at the Knitting Factory. Just straightfromthepath.com. They can check everything out. Uh, fucking, I don't know. Instagram cool, at yeah. Stray from the Path, uh, Twitter at Stray from Duh Path D A instead of T H E. Nice. Very cool. You'll Wait, see it now hold on, Tom. Before I let you go, what's up? Uh, I am a greedy motherfucker, and I need. I was told to give you three minutes to ask you a very specific <laughs> question. The Nine Inch Nails album. I saw this yeah. too, and, and like, okay, yeah. I, I've all right. Here we go. Ice Nine Kills. Let me tell you one thing about Ice Nine Kills. I I assume that person asked because they wanted me to shit on it, right? No, I think uh, he legitimately the, likes it. Oh, okay, cool. Because then, then I'll say this: I do not like uh, Ice Nine Kills. Uh, I'm, but I'm a 34 year old, so it's like it's not. I'm not their audience. I will say this: I toured with Ice Nine Kills in 2009, and uh, they ne- they didn't have a manager, they didn't have an agent, they didn't have a label, they didn't have fucking shit. I know for a fact that that band is one of the most hardest working bands I've ever experienced in my entire life, and I've played with a lot of them. And um, so, and they got this gimmick that's very theatrical, like whatever. So I don't like it, but I will say I respect that band to no end. And when I saw that, I figured they thought that I hated it and I definitely don't like it, but I will say Ice Nine Kills, while it's not my shit, I respect them because I've seen them do it from fucking nothing, which is like a very similar to what Stray did. So I always like kind of, you know, gelled with them and respected them and, and I always want the best for them and they're fucking massive right now so i couldn't couldn't uh couldn't love that more not my shit i don't brush my teeth to fucking nice nine kills but i root for them i so. love the term i don't brush my teeth to them that's sick. <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean i just i won't put it on in my own time but i'm but i but i definitely root for them and i and i respect everything they've done so hopefully that was fucking uh i don't know a minute and but yeah i've never listened to them like i don't even know what they are fucking, oh it's like they do like a bunch of like horror movie like american psycho stuff like look into it it's very it's very creative and very awesome i just it's just not for me like not my thing i'm not a horror movie guy to be honest i get yeah neither i I like one ever i like the shining because it's not even to me it's not even a horror movie it's just a guy losing his shit you know what i mean so it's like um so i don't know i hopefully that is but whoever the fuck asked that you better fucking pay up (laughs) yeah Yeah, i'll just you you said a lot of words that didn't make any sense to me i didn't even know if that was a real band I'm just two things. I am a uh, unemployed human and a whore. So I will do anything for money. <laughs> Therefore, I was asked to do something for money. I'm going to fucking do it. So hey, there you go. Tom, thanks so go. much, man. Uh, everyone can follow Thank you. you guys. We'll have you back on sometime later this season. We'll just. Oh, uh, lo- hey, ask me. I'm there. I know, baby. Hell yeah. All right. Thanks, bud. All Talk right. to you soon. Hey, boys.
Hey, we're back. We're doing five-star questions now. Me and Gregory, very fun times. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Still here. Welcome back. Welcome back. All right, so let's get to five stars. Here we are. Mm. Um, Vancouver is probably firing their GM at the end of this. This is from... Uh, M- don't want to M- say who this is from, huh? M- <laughs> it's just... I, I, I'm going for it. M. M- Kanek. Uh, they're, they're firing their GM at the end of the season, blowing up their team. I don't want to start another offer sheet rant because Greg is right and B, we can't change oh. the pass. But mm-hmm. mention they want four f- solid firsts for Elias Pettersson. That would help the rebuild. With all the extensions signed and upcoming for the kids, can the Rangers even afford Pettersson with his extension uh, with with his extension without moving someone on a no movement contract after the summer of possibilities fizzled? I don't want to get my hopes up for Premier Center. I they can uh, if yeah. Chris Kreider is gone. Right. So to answer the question that he specifically asked, no, they need to move Kreider. In in twenty twenty four, the no movement contract comes modified no movement, which would. I'm just. Say, I will also say this: while I love Chris Kreider, I love everything he's doing. That contract will never be more movable. If this is the year right now. he finally scores thirty plus goals. Right now, this is from Drew Way. Uh, I'm not happy with this. He wants to say, "Let's have some fun with Ryan pronouncing prospect names again, shall we?" This oh, time, shit. I will... he sent me the actual pronunciations said... too. I need to pull them up. Okay. Uh... Ryan, please pronounce the following player names, all whom are top 50 prospects or so in the 2022 NHL draft. This is called, uh, boy, Drew really does does mean things to me. Here we go. Ivan Miroshnikenko? Uh, Sh- 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 uh, he told me, first of all, it's Ivan. Okay. And then it's Miroshnichenka. Miroshnichenka. Cool. Draj uh, Slavkovsky? <laughs> All right, so we have your eye, Slavkovsky. I was close. Oh, Jonathan? Not on the first name there, buddy. <laughs> Lekker Maki? Maka? Jonathan, Jonathan Lake Erie Maki. Lake Erie Maki. <laughs> Ilya Kuchko? <laughs> Ilya Kuchko. Kuchko. And Devin Kaplan. Nailed that one. That, you nailed that one. Got it. I have a cousin in the league. Right. Uh, uh, our friend George added two more. Kenta. Oh, no, I'm not saying that. And <laughs> Denton. Uh, mate, Chuck? I don't know. All right, sure. cool. Uh, those those I don't know. I don't have the pronunciations in front of me. Very fun. Um, this is from Jacob. If the Rangers go after a center, is there anyone but Hurdle? And he would, uh, or would he be the only one available? They're going to look everywhere. I think Dylan Larkin's somewhere they're going to check in on, but Dylan Larkin's not going to happen. Step uh, one. It has to be from a team that's going to be out of it, right? And yep. I know everybody yep. likes saying Hurdle, but the sharks are playing better than a lot of people thought they would. Now, will they fall out of the race? Will they plummet down the standings? It's totally possible, but you always have to remember that you're trying to get players from teams that are definitely selling. And I just like the the Canadians don't have a center that I want. They also don't have a winger really that I want. I know people have said to Foley recently. uh, I meant I'll I'll do it right now. I should have done this while we were talking to Tom because he was talking uh, cap friendly up and it's what made me think about it Tell i know it like yeah i thought even the night he sucker punched goodrow that i was like you know brendan good brendan gallagher might be interesting to- totally forgetting that the he just signed a massive contract. extension that yes. nobody wants any part of like Toffoli signed for two more years after this at 4.2 so you're essentially saying trade for Toffoli, don't extend ryan strom don't worry about bringing in another center i'm not sure i really want that kind of commitment like the one thing that Hurdle has that nobody else has is not only is he really good, he's a free agent at the end of the year, so I can worry about signing him or not signing him at the end of the year. I don't think the Rangers are in a position where they can acquire someone with term on their contract unless they are moving someone with term on their contract. And I don't think you're going to be able to do that as a deadline deal this year. That's 
another big part of the reason why I know I am, and I think you are, so hot to try for Phil Kessel. He's a free agent that you don't have to worry about signing. He's not a guy you have to latch your wagon to for three, four years. Yeah, it's just one and done. Like, let's see if we let's see if we can make this run. If he's garbage, he's garbage. That's just what it is. I'm totally fine with it. If you can get him for super yeah. cheap, I'm I'm interested. And I think they'll De- be able to. Definition of a rental is Phil Kessel for sure. Uh, this is from Matty Jack. Two part question based on our play against the Leafs. Is it too soon to say we've turned a page and are playing or or and are playing into the system? If yes, out of the next eight games, how many wins at a bare minimum do we need to continue to feel good about this team? It's a good question. I'm gonna look at the schedule. So I know the next three. Are we gonna are we gonna make a mad dog this? We are. Yes, that's as is tradition. I have it right right now. I know the next three are Islanders, Bruins, Islanders. I would say that with the way the Islanders are playing right now and with the COVID situation they're dealing with, you should probably win both the Islander games. Now the Islanders. Uh, are- dog, dog, you, dog, you. Oh, sorry. No, I was so, doing Francesca. Yeah, that's Francesca. Mike, Mike, Mike. I'm telling you, you gotta, you gotta get four of six in those three games. I'm telling you, anything less than four, unbelievable. Can't be done. Can't be done. Yeah, that's uh, this that was good. I actually like that. Um, so I agree with you. Then we go to the next next five in a row, which are not really like a great stretch. It's the Flyers uh, at home in MSG. It's actually three games at home in MSG. So it's Flyers, Sharks, Blackhawks. Again, I think you got to get four of six there. And then uh, Blackhawks abs and the abs are also Mike, Mike, Mike. I gotta, I gotta tell you, I think, I think you're putting the bar too low. That's one way you gotta get five. Um, you wanna be a, you wanna be a contender <laughs> in this metropolitan? You need five or six. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. All right. That's where we're at. Um, I, I listen. You could, you could beat the Islanders twice. You could beat the Blackhawks twice. Probably like two losses in the next eight games. I think if, if, if the Rangers win six of their next eight, um, we have a lot of good to talk about. Uh, I mean, no storyline intrigues me more and i don't think we're ever going to get there but at least now we're at a position where the the chance is not zero just saying if the islanders feel like they have to blow it up i think that's awfully interesting it's it is interesting i and i hope we will see i thought about that today too but i didn't want to bring it up i was like "Mm, it might be time all right this is from bronx harlem hockey how do you fire the commissioner of the NHL, and will Bettman ever get to the axe? Or what do you think it would take to fire Bettman? I'm not sure mm. you can get there. I mean, yeah, did you I, see what we again, just lived through with the Blackhawks? Yeah, I, I think everybody needs to understand that the commissioner works at the at the honor of the owners in the NHL. And Do I have anything to believe the owners think Gary Bettman's doing a bad job? I do not. I, do I don't. Not. Neither do I. Unfortunately, I thought there is. Well, we'll see. There's no fallout from the the Blackhawks thing. They've just had their oh, punishment. Oh no, they got fined two million dollars. What a fucking joke! All right, uh, this is from David. Uh, now that Tampa Bay has over twenty five percent of their cap in long term IR, which players mm-hmm. do they acquire to break the playoffs again? Boy, well, let's go Kuch- to that Vancouver is, Canucks is, roster. Yeah, is Kucherov done for the season? No, right. No, he'll be. I mean, he'll be back. Is he done for the season, Ryan? <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. Let's see who on the Canucks shouldn't get traded. That probably will get traded at no cost because he's owed too much money. Yeah, Connor Garland seems like a guy the Lightning will eat right up. Yeah, that does seem like a pretty good player. I do not like that. Let's get to the next one. This is from Jess Gypsy. Does Georgiev play another game for the Rangers in 2021 this season? Yes, yes. he does. This is from Gretzky, Gar- Gareth McFly, new supporter. Thanks for joining us. Uh, is New York Ranger hockey alive and well? It's, it hasn't been this good in five years, period. Uh, it's definitely entertaining and exciting. 
right? As as compared to three weeks ago, this is. I mean, listen. Last year, if you were following the team, the days of our lives, the New York Rangers were incredible. There was a story every week. The dictator from another country came and took our star player. Um, there was locker room fights. There was turnovers. There was turmoil. But as terms of like a hockey, like the on the ice product, it hasn't been better in five years. I don't think it's close. Uh, all right. Uh, this is from Ed Carco. Should the Rangers give up what uh, give up whatever it takes to trade for Tarasenko, and what would be an acceptable package for him? We talked about this earlier, but I do not believe the St. Louis Blues will be trading for will be trading Tarasenko. I don't know what an acceptable package for Tarasenko would be at this point. I'd assume you'd have to include someone like Jones. Oh, well, I also assume the blue the Blues know they have to eat some of that money, but I I just can't stress this enough. Why the St. Louis Blues at nine six and two through seventeen games and in third place in a very winnable Western conference with the avalanche struggling to start the year. Why are they selling players off if they expect to make the playoffs? Grateful Sparks asks, what do you think about trading back for JT Miller? The Canucks seem to be falling apart. And if they decide to sell, he only has two years left in this current deal. Like, don't hate it. I don't, it's not happening. I don't hate it, but I don't see it happening. We know that it's not uh, happening. I I think the the Rangers, the Rangers, right. They were very, I don't know if they were eager they weren't upset that the Lightning asked for him in the trade. They were happy to give him. Uh, yeah, I think it's one of those situations where, sure, the Rangers would have liked to get more than what they got for Miller, which was essentially Nemestikov straight up. But I think the New York Rangers were very much out on the JT Miller business. They were done. They, they were very tired. Agreed. Final question, and this leads into the final topic that you want to discuss, Greg. This is Chris from Florida. Time for Mets question for the number one Mets and Rangers podcast with the Mets having a new GM and Steve Cohen saying the GM will have as much money as they need regardless of the luxury tax. What do you, what do you think the Mets should do with the infinite money this offseason? <laughs> well, I mean, Baez and Stroman have always been one and two. They're even more one and two now with Syndergaard gone. I got to tell you, the people freaking out about Aaron Loop, I, I, I can't help you. I think you were. Let, let, let me do nuts. this one because right, you you said it earlier. You did your rant. Uh-huh. The Rays lose their star relievers, two teams, four prospects, and valuable assets every single year. Then they find a guy that throws at an arm angle that you've never heard of from the middle of nowhere, and he will have an under two ERA and like twenty five saves. You can find those guys, like Greg said earlier. The Rays do it every year. You do not have to worry about losing Loop. Loop is a Ray. He was a Ray. And right, the Rays let him go. The Mets signed him for $1 million. He produced one of the most magical and great reliever seasons of all time that he will never replicate again. And then some team came in and offered him $8.5 million per year. Cool. This is the same thing with Barclay Goodrow. Don't play Barclay Goodrow. Pay the guy you think might become... The next Barclay Goodrow for literally 10% of the cost. They paid Loop less than $2 million. I hope they sign six relievers for the $8.5 million that Loop got. And I hope one of them is as good as Loop. And then, you know what? That's good fucking business. Don't pay relievers. That's just, it's bad business. it's, It's what lets you trade Jared Kelnick for Edwin Diaz. Stop paying for relievers. Just build your own. You can do it. I believe you. Every other organization does it. The Mets are supposed to be turning over this new leaf. Build your own relievers. It's not the end of the world. The Syndergaard one, I absolutely would have loved for him to stay. I was under the impression he was going to sign the qualifying offer. I'm sure the Mets were under the impression he was going to sign the qualifying offer. If the Angels want to give him $25 million or whatever they gave him, $21 million for one year, for him to then go back out in free agency, 
after he proves himself that he's healthy? Okay. Like, I, I know what he's done. I, I know it's been two years since he's done it. I think he's very capable of doing it again. But even if he came back for the, to the Mets on an $18.5 million contract, they'd still need to sign Stroman and one other bona fide starting pitcher because you have just no idea what the fuck you're going to get with Syndergaard. You, I, I don't think either of those players leaving drastically derails the Mets offseason. Baez is priority number one for me. I'd say Stroman is priority number two. I, I dislike that they say they're going to try not to trade because that means my dream of Matt Chapman being a New York Met I think sure doesn't feel Chris realistic. Bryant. That's kind of where I'm, uh, I'm the, the, I don't know if it's just like people who cover the Mets that I trust are hot to trot for this Suzuki guy out of Japan or if the Mets themselves are hot to trot. I have a lot of Kaz Metsui memories, so I think I'd just rather be wrong about every guy star player coming over from Japan and expecting him to have a major impact in the U.S. I I, I don't feel great about that. Um, I'm talking myself into Starling Marte on a short-term deal. I'm talking I, – I, for me, the struggle – boy, Ryan, you want to talk about the emergency podcast of your dreams that you definitely don't want to do, oh, yeah. but at the same time you do want to do. Okay. If the Mets sign Max Scherzer, I am podcasting naked. Yeah, well, that's not happening. There's no way. I don't think so, but I'm just saying. I need I need to verbalize it so you understand. Max Max is one of the most fun people to root in, for in any sport. Like, period. You, just imagine a rotation with the silent assassin Jacob deGrom and Mad Max. That's uh, that's enough. You just need one more guy, and then you can get there. That's all you need. Yeah, and if the other guy's Strowman, so the Mets rotation would be deGrom, Scherzer, Strowman, guy, Walker, guy. and whoever the fuck pitches fifth. Doesn't matter. Yeah, doesn't matter. I'm with yeah, you. Uh, yeah. I, I think you guys Naked. go for. I think you guys go for Bryant. I think you guys resign Baez. I don't. I, I, don't, I don't know if they go out for Bryant. I think. You I think, think Bryant Baez goes to San Francisco. I don't know where Bryant goes. Honestly, it doesn't sound like San Francisco really wants him back. Does does not seem that way. Their their priority is pitching, as you can see from today of signing everybody back. Yeah, and they really want Alex Cobb. I think it. The the. The I love Alex love Cobb. But Alex really... Cobb is getting is is very curious. <laughs> I really love Alex Cobb, but really wanting Alex Cobb and it's 2021 is a bad idea. Alex Cobb in yeah, 2017 it's... was sick. Uh, that not it, anymore. It, I'm, I'm not. I'm not anti-analytics. Very famously, I'm pro-analytics. But you're doing a lot of work to tell me like Alex Cobb had the third lowest hard rate contact in Major League Baseball and had the worst team defense behind him. Blah blah blah. It's like yeah, but. Mm. And I'm a, you know, I'm an Alex Cobb guy, big time. Yeah, it, I, I don't, I don't put a lot of faith in pitchers that pitch to contact. Even like Stroman is about as far as I would go. I get that Stroman's a ground ball pitcher that very, very clearly because every single one of his pitches has depth and sink on it. Needs a good team defense behind him. Which again, if you're going to sign Baez, sign Stroman. That infield's perfect for him. I need to figure out what the Mets are going to do at third base, but I'll get there. But like Alex Cobb, that that man is that man's injured a lot, oh, like a lot. A lot is an understatement there, Gregory. Um, that's been enough of of this conversation because I have to go to bed. But this has been a good podcast. I'm going to go thank our Patreon subscribers. You can go follow us on Twitter at Orion. You can follow Greg at Blue Shirts Break. We'll be back. Wednesday night after the Islander game, we're doing a BSBOT for our Patreon. If you want to hear that, you know where to sign up. Patreon.com slash Wizards Breakaway. We love you guys. Bye. And this podcast, as always, is brought to you by our NHL Insiders Club, the coolest 
exclusive club on the earth. I think by me saying the coolest exclusive club, I think I made it pretty like not cool at the same time. But everyone who's in it knows it's cool. Okay, it's cool. It's definitely cool. I want to thank Adam Cassidy, Adam Cohen, Adam. Oh man, I, I got it right last week. Cortolo. Damn it, I didn't look beforehand. Here we go. Here it is. Nope, I'm not gonna. Cortolo. I'm gonna get it next week. Adam Kedge, Alex Gardner, Amber Cohensberger, Austin Beetleman, Ben Waters, Ben Weber. Biggie's Malone, Brian Doyle, Broadway, Broadway Busher, Bleeder, Chris Finelli, CJ Stellwag, and Dennis Day, Day Zen. Why would I call him Dennis again? Daniel Day Zen. I don't know what it is. My brain. It's so it's a messed up, dark, sick place. Daniel Day Zen. David Naren and David Siegel. Dennis Deitz. Eric Stagg, George Obrinsky, Give Gartner a cup. Gretzky, Gareth McFly. Welcome. Harrison Hasco, Jake Berkowitz, Jerry Marquez, JD, Jimmy Mack, John, John Hardesty, Chris from Florida, Christoph Berg, Kyle Franklin, Lazek Gronkowski, which I say your name wrong, apparently, I found out last week. <laughs> Luchi Ortano, Lucas K, Matthew Kind, the legend, Max Nielsen, Pavel Kovarev, Randy Tesser, Stephen Lomayer, Stig Bubak from also Swingart, the Drop BK, Tommy Sinclair, Tommy O'Neill, Tori from Manhattan, Upstate Vin, Vinny Bracco, Vinny Hay, and Will Spector. Cannot thank you all enough for making Blue Shirt Breakaway happen every single week, along with the rest of our Patreon subscribers. Thank you too. Uh, a little bit of a, um, not a rant, but sort of the thought I've been having. Alexi Lafreniere, uh, as recent as two weeks ago, has had a lot of, is he going to get sent to the AHL conversation? Uh, I don't think that is going to happen. I think if I asked Greg this question on the show, he would simply say no and let's move on. Which is why I'm doing it as a monologue here. Uh, Vince Mercogliano has said over and over again that he's not getting sent down. The points will come. The analytics say behind his play that he's seriously been driving play. His defense has not been there, but you can see certain plays where he's starting to turn it a little bit. Are there concerns? Yeah, of course there are. But if Philip Hedl is going to keep playing like this, I can't see a reason why Lafreniere shouldn't be playing with him on a nightly basis. It's uh, it's unfathomable, to be honest. There was one hit, I believe, uh, it was in the bo- on the boards on the corner where Lafreniere just absolutely wrecked a guy. You could see he was like totally gassed, and, and he's going the extra mile. I, I think Gallant... Especially what the results we've had with Kako over the past two weeks. Gallant isn't really going to be keen on flipping the lines that much. He's really stuck with Kako. I think if, if Lafreniere and Hedo can find him something special, and it seems like they have so far, maybe Lafreniere turns a corner. Uh, I know the talent, the number one talent overall, hasn't been there just yet, but you have to still look at this as kind of like a rookie season for him. And there's still plenty of time for him to become this star. I, I think he has it in him. There are moments where I'm like, where is um, this on-the-ice product that is these amazing passes and they set up the, ho- the hockey IQ? But overall, I think you have a lot to be promised about for Alexi Lafreniere uh, over the next couple weeks. Because this was Kako's week, no doubt about it. Uh, two stars of the game, a uh, tremendous player that has been awoken by whatever is happening on that line with him, and, uh, him Panarin, and Strome. But I think you're going to see something with Lafreniere these next few weeks, especially if this Heedle, Gauthier, and uh, Lafreniere line stick together. On that note, we'll be back later this week. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your turkeys. Enjoy your mashed potatoes. Enjoy all the best items, uh, including stuffing, at Thanksgiving. We love you. And uh, we'll be back later for BSB OT after the Islanders game. If you want to find that, you know where to get it. Patreon.com. Love you guys. Bye.